0: Hello baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no off season, and I'm your host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording through a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California. The birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. I'm recording this to be dropped on the 10th day of September 2018. How the hell did we get here? How the hell did we get to the tenth day of September? We're in mid-September. We're already here. This is like this is the 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 home stretch, the stretch run. This is where you're. This is where you really got to see what you're made of. Um, the the American League, let's face it, is is wrapped up. Uh, it's astonishing that Tampa Bay is tied in the lost column with Seattle. That in the end, Seattle, who made a run for you know contending for a while, is gonna probably finish eight or nine games out of the postseason and behind Tampa. Let's let's give some credit where credit's due to Tampa, who've been playing great. And it just goes to show sometimes if you start off poorly, that can have a real effect on your season. Tampa didn't start off the season like a house of fire. And if they started off a little better, well, they may be on the periphery of contention. I don't know. I have no idea what to make of Tampa Bay. This, you know, are they going to be a good team next year? I don't know. And do you know what? Here's the thing: neither do you. It, you know, I, I, you know, you're seeing that the the Indians had clinched the division before you know it. So are the Red Sox. Um, Houston and the Yankees both have the same record, and the A's are catching up. That could be a nice little scrum if they all finish in the similar record. But we'll go to the National League again because that's really where things are interesting. And one of the things that I find intriguing, and, and I mentioned this when this month began, is that when you had those eight teams, there were eight teams that were all lumped together. Atlanta, Philadelphia, there's two. St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee, that's up to five, and then Colorado, Arizona, and Los Angeles. There's eight teams that only th- only five of them are going to be postseason teams in the National League. Three of those teams are going to be on the outside looking in, wondering what the hell happened, and a bad week here or a bad week there it really could be the difference, and two teams that I felt that I went on Baseball PhD to praise one team, and I said, you know, gun to my head, at one point I was a guest on the podcast, pick a team to win the National League pennant. I thought the Phillies were on track to win the National League East, and I really, really, really thought that the Arizona Diamondbacks were going to be the pennant winner, because I took a look at them, and I thought they're, I thought they had good enough pitching. I think they have a good enough lineup. And I also felt that when this team gets hot, they have a legit shot. Well, take a look at what's happened over the last few weeks with both Philadelphia and Arizona. And it is, uh, to quote Volterra, shit show. You know, the Philadelphia Phillies, they're on a two-game losing streak right now. Uh, But they've also just, they've lost to teams like the Mets. They've they've lost dumb games. And as I'm sitting here recording this right now, the Phillies are four games back in the loss column of Atlanta. 74 and 68. How many games? 74, 68. They've got 20 games left. 20 games left to make up four games in the loss column. You realize that is almost impossible because you can't, you you, you can't afford forget a bad week. You can't have a bad day. And the Phillies are going to look back and and at at this very winnable National League Penn. That's why I keep harking back at this. At all the teams that I just mentioned have a legit shot to win the pennant. And the teams are going to be outside looking in and going, that could have been our chance to go to the World Series. Even the Cubs, even the effing Cubs, who a couple weeks ago looked like they had put on the aft a couple weeks ago, hell, last week, they, they acquired Murphy, they acquired Hamels, they were putting on the aft thrusters to say, okay, we are going to run away with this division and have the best record in the National League and be the team, the one National League team that you can write in ink is going to be in the postseason. Well, guess what, Chachi? They're only three games ahead in the loss column of Milwaukee at this point. Now, granted, the Cubs have a sizable lead on the wild card, so even if the Milwaukee does overtake them, the Cubs are probably, you know, unless they just have a monumental collapse... They'll make the postseason. I mean, it's not that airtight. For a while, it looked like we could possibly have a situation where you, you know, basically have, uh, you know, you have all eight teams with a, you know, tied, and and not be able to make heads or tails out of it. The Cubs have given themselves enough room that St. Louis and uh, St. Louis is five games behind them in the loss column. And the Dodgers are six games behind them in the lost column. So even if worse comes to worse, in 20 games, they're not going to fall seven games back in the loss column of those two teams. So the Cubs are in the playoffs. They're like the only team you can point to. And I think the Brewers, give the Brewers some credit. Yes, yes, they've been beaten up in the Giants, and the Giants are falling apart. But they're winning their games. They have a winning season this year. And... Yeah, they've won eight of their last ten games to really put a stake in the claim, going like, all right, we're at least gonna be a wildcard team. And right now they're ahead two games lost calm on St. Lou and they're making a pitch to actually have a game played in Miller Park. It's always sad. I, I find it sad when um for when the visiting team loses the wildcard game for this reason. Because there's a team like last year, you had two of them. Colorado lost a wild card game in Arizona. Minnesota lost wild card game at Yankee Stadium. And so you're a Twin fan, you're a Rocky fan. You're so excited. Those two teams were not expected to be playoff teams last year. You get in, you punch your tickets, and we we got the postseason. Not only is it over in one day. But the fans who were cheering for him all year long don't even get one home game? There's something kind of unfair about that. But, you know, baseball's not meant to be fair. You know, win those games. The Brewers are looking to have a postseason game played in Milwaukee for the first time since 2011. The Colorado Rockies who Whose division lead is currently half a game over l a is pushing to win their first ever division title and host game in course field for the first time since two thousand and nine They were in the postseason last year, but it was as I said before, it's just one game now the n l West should be the single most exciting race in baseball right now because you had three teams that are one on top of each other. Only a game or so separating them. And they are all behind Milwaukee and St. Louis. And so you have three teams trying to get one spot. That's what made the NL West so exciting. And as I mentioned, half a game separates the Dodgers and the Colorado Rockies at this point. The Diamondbacks who just a few weeks ago looked like the team to beat and probably was going to be the team to clinch at the, the NL West and I thought in a postseason series was probably going to be the team to win the National League pennant. They're fading. There's, it's, shockingly, they're fading. They're three games back in the loss column of Colorado. Now, there's a lot of head-to-head games coming up, but they've lost seven of their last ten games including two really stupid games. They, lost, they played a four-game series with Atlanta. There was an extra inning loss on Thursday. There was an extra inning loss yesterday of which the tying run was thrown out. The game ended when a guy was trying to score from second on an infield hit and was thrown out at home plate. I mean, I looked at it, what would just stay at Third. And then today, the Diamondbacks had a lead in the ninth inning. Boxberger on the mound. They had the two runners on. Uh, Enciarte, who used to be part of the Diamondbacks, was part of the trade that sent Dansby Swanson to the Braves for Shelby Miller, one of the worst trades in baseball history, if Swanson turns of the star they think they are. Enciarte was supposed to bunt him over, couldn't get the bunt down, so instead he hit a three-run home run at the swimming pool. And then Lucas Duda hit a home run. And then they got they had three home runs in the ninth. So all of a sudden, what was a lead for the Diamondbacks on a day where they knew Colorado already lost, they'd be able to creep back in and be only, you know, a game and a half out. If you took a look at it, it was nine to five. Now, is that any way to make a living? And the Braves won, and the Braves solidifying there, it looks like they're gonna push the Phillies off the cliff. And the Diamondbacks lost again. And you can't afford to lose three out of four games at home stupidly. Where you have shots to win. Where you're only one swing away from winning. Or three outs away from winning. And the Diamondbacks lost three of them in four days at home. If you are in a crowded Scrum, you can't have those kind of games. That's what I was emphasizing, and the Diamondbacks seem to be piling it on. And I have to say, observing the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team which, I mean, look, there are players on that team I really like. I like Zach Greinke. You know, I like uh, AJ Pollock. I think I love Paul Goldschmidt. And you'd like to see the World Series be a showcase for some of the really talented, terrific young players and superstars that you have in the league. That was one of the things that made last year so cool. When you had Clayton Kershaw, you had uh, Jose Altuve, you had uh, Carlos Correa, you had Justin Turner, you had all these players who were able to use that as a spotlight to say, yeah, here we are on the grand stage. And so you'd like to see Goldschmidt, who is virtually anonymous... For anyone who doesn't not on the West Coast to be able to have him have his moment to shine, to have Zach Grinky, who's had a wonderful career, obviously he's a Cy Young Award winner when he was a member of the Kansas City Royals, probably could have won another Cy Young Award with some of his wonderful years he had in Los Angeles, to be able to perform on that high stage in a wide open national league. And a game here or a game there is gonna be the difference between October or not. Well, there's three games in the last four days that if the Diamondbacks don't make the postseason, you can really look at these games and say, yeah, this is, this is the collapse here. But it's been a super weird year for Arizona. It really has been. It has been, I don't like to use the term bipolar because that in many ways diminishes what, you know, what bipolar really means. And what that really is. But I will say that there is a, oh, for the lack of a better word, a, a, a bananas element to this season a roller coaster, a, a pendulum, a, a, a metrodome. Not a metrodome, a metronome. It goes back and forth and back and forth so quickly that you can get whiplash. Let's just let's just think about what the Diamondbacks season has been like this year. On May first, the Arizona Diamondbacks were up six games. They had a six-game lead. April was over. They were up a week already, and it looked like that they were good because the Dodgers were going off that horrible start. The Giants were, you know, okay. The Rockies and the Padres. No one was. No one was doing anything, and the. The Diamondbacks won 25, or won 24 of their first 35 games. And they looked like they were going to run, just, look, we're just going to run away with this division. Up six games on May 1st, playing at an unbelievable clip. It was like, man, this is, you know, the Red Sox, remember, got off a great start. The Yankees got off to a terrific start after you know the first couple of weeks, and then they got off to a then they went on the aft thrusters, and the Diamondbacks are doing the same thing. It's like, oh man, this is going to be the Diamondbacks' year. Look out! Look out! And then, so that was like the first month of the season. Then, between May eighth and June sixth, roughly another month, they went eight and eighteen. They went from looking like they're going to run away with the division to being 10 games under five hundred in that stretch. And at that point, that six-game lead that they ran up by May 1st, gone. It was the tide. They squandered it in a month. It's like, oh, man, they've come back to the mean. Well, guess what, Diamondback fans? For the next 20 days, they won 15 out of 20 games. They went for, "Oh, now they're back to being dominant again, and all of a sudden they had a three and a half game lead. And they're like, okay, this is who the dimebacks are. They had one little hiccup, but they got off that dynamic start. They had a yeah, you know, they had a one month hiccup, but now they're back, right, right, right? Nope. Slow down. Between June 29th and July 21st, you know, a little under a month there, they went six and they lost 12 out of their 18 games they played there, and all of a sudden they were a half a game and a half back. It's like, okay, maybe they're not that good. No, I guess, I guess we underestimate, you know, I guess we, we thought too much of them. Well, then you take another roughly month period between July 22nd and August 22nd. Boom! They went 18-10 and 10 and piled up a game and a half leagues. Like, oh, they are that good. It was just a little hiccup, just a little hiccup. Ladies and gentlemen, get your tickets in Arizona. Boom and since then they've lost 11 out of 16 games and the last 3 they've lost stupidly now things like this happen during a baseball season i understand it's 162 games and there is essentially a roller coaster element to the season There are ups and they're downs and the diamondbacks are playing 531 ball 531 ball translates over 162 games to be an 86 win season. The weird thing about this team, if they finish with 86 wins, that's probably not going to be enough to be one of the postseason teams. And there are, as I pointed out in the, what I was saying is there were stretches where they were absolutely dominant. That they were just, win- they just couldn't stop winning. And then there were stretches where they were pathetic. And when you look up and you see they're on a team that started the season winning 24 of their first 35 games is on pace to win 86. That makes you look at those stretches and say, do you know what? If just one of those stretches, Were mediocre instead of horrible. They would be right in the thick of it. And believe me, when you take a look at the team where they have, um, you know, obviously they have uh, uh, Zach Grinke and they have, you know, Godley has pitched well. Corbin has pitched well. uh, Clay Buckholz out of nowhere, who was on the scrap heap, has pitched very, very well for them. And you put them in a short series, all of a sudden, Arizona looks like a really scary team. And what I was talking about is that the bounce here or a bounce there could have you been the outside looking in. It looks like Arizona's going to be the outside looking in. And it's not just because of what happened in September, which has been disastrous so far, but because of those other stretches where those games piled up. And those poor stretches piled up. I brought up Tampa Bay earlier. If they got off to a hotter start, they may have been in the middle of this as well. This Arizona team, of which there were high expectations for this team, and they made some moves, and they put together a decent team, and for a while that team looked like it was going to be a 90-win division winner. And trust me, This LA team is doing everything in its power to give up the National League West, and yet they're only a half game out. And the Colorado Rockies have a bullpen which could blow any lead. So it's not like the Diamondbacks are looking at us, oh, what can we do? You know, like Tampa Bay is in a division where they say, What can we do? The Red Sox are gonna win 110 games and the Yankees are gonna win hundred games. Even you know, what can you do? That's not where the Diamondbacks are. And those stretches are going to just kill those fans. And there are good Diamondback fans. There are. And there's, they are out there and they want this team with the ugliest uniforms in baseball to win. To have another part of their legacy which isn't Luis Gonzalez blooping one over Derek Jeter's head. They want to have something new to celebrate there. They do. There are good fans that are there. Just because they don't have the deep roots of Philadelphia, New York, Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, whatever it is, doesn't mean there aren't good fans who want to see their franchise, and specifically their superstar, who they love, Paul Goldschmidt. They want him to win as a Diamondback. They don't want to see him leave and win a title as a Cardinal, or a Yankee, or a Red Sox, or a Philly. They want him to lead the F and Diamondbacks to that title, and this could have been the year. Absolutely, could have been the year. And as it looks right now, it might be too hard to leapfrog both L.A. and Colorado because chances are Milwaukee is going to be one of those wild card teams, and St. Louis or maybe the Dodgers will be the other one. And you're going to look back at trying to score from second on an infield hit. You're going to look back at you know blown. You know Paul Goldschmidt hits that game tying home run, got everyone thrilled on Thursday, and then next thing you know they blew it the very next inning. You're going to look at those stretches when they built up a six game lead before you could even sit down and say, "Hey, who's good this year?" Holy crap, we're up six games, and those stretches. It's going to kill you, Diamondback fans. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. But if you blow the postseason this year, you're going to look back and say, we had it all lined up to have that moment. To have that thumb your nose at the Dodgers, at the Cubs, at the Mets, and all the big market, big budget teams to win And to win with a superstar of Goldschmidt, who, remember I was talking about the other day, about the franchise players that the Mets have never had, that the Dodgers have never had. The Diamondbacks have potentially one of them if he stays the bulk of his career in Arizona and puts up big Hall of Fame numbers. And to do that and to potentially win a championship would make him one of the great figures in Arizona sports history. And after his slow start, he's been spectacular. He's put together a potential MVP caliber season after his crap start. And then you look at those stretches. I picked those stretches specifically. It wasn't just like they had a bad series. Each one of those stretches were like two or three weeks of crap. If you took one of those stretches and, and elevated it from crap to, eh, then we could be looking at an Arizona World Series. Instead, we're probably going to be on the outside looking in. And that pisses me off to a degree because I want the World Series to showcase the great stars in baseball, and Goldschmidt's one of them. And Grinky is one of them. And they deserve to have that spotlight. It's probably not going to happen. It's going to kill the Arizona fans. This is the peril of when you have a lumped-together National League like this. Because it will accentuate a series. This was a disastrous four-game series for Arizona. And it could be the kind of series that haunts the franchise. Because in the end, if they don't make the playoffs, here's the worst part. Most people won't remember. Most people go, like, how did the Dimebacks do that year? They won 87 games. Huh, all right. That's probably the amount of thought that people will give to this team. And it's a fun team with some fun players. And they have less than three weeks to write this ship. Each one of those stretches I told you is about a three or four week stretch. If they have one of those good stretches, guess what? We could have an October in the desert. If not, then this will fade away like a baseball Brigadoon, never to be heard from again. Although you did hear Brigadoon would come back like, what, 100 years later? I don't know. There were holes in that story for Brigadoon. But we'll see. You got three weeks to turn around, Diamondbacks. You've got a showcase of Paul Goldschmidt. All right? Let's get it going. So go to Sullybaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, so at iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. On Instagram, I'm labeled as Sully Baseball Podcast. I'm everywhere. It can be old school, send me an email at info at Sullybaseball.com. As always, the music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Lamenting the ball bouncing this way or that for a Diamondbacks team that could either win the pennant or be totally forgotten. This has been Sully Baseball for the 10th day of September 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Do what you can do. You can call me Sully.